0: Hello and welcome to our brand new episode of The Partial Historians, sitting to my right looking tres elegant, Dr. G, hello there. Hello, and I am Dr. Rad. Welcome one, welcome all. So Dr. G, we're in some turbulent times for ancient Rome.
1: We are. It
0: seems like the tribunes are interested in maybe having a public law code. Yes, so listeners, we've been tracing the journey of Rome from the founding of the city and we are up to a point where the tribunes are pushing for some sort of clarification of the law. Please, clarity. Exactly. Somebody please. It seems, yeah, too much much whimming going on (laughs) with the consuls. Making things up off the cuff.
1: Yeah, so there seems to be a concern about the way in which magistracies are just sort of making things up each year as they go there's no consistency
0: Mm. uh, or retention of laws necessarily certainly makes it very hard for the general populace slash plebeians to know what is going to happen to them in their lives in various situations and I mean I actually was reading an article about how do we define the patricians and the plebeians at this point in time and they were talking about how the patricians are almost the ones who know you know the ones that have the training and the knowledge um in various aspects of roman life you know the religious knowledge the you know and that kind of stuff makes them is what makes them special and sets them apart whereas our poor little plebeians they don't have the knowledge.
1: <laughs> they lack the knowledge, yeah. And yeah. They, they seem to really need some guidance, which is fine. And the thing that is happening with most of the plebeians is that a lot of them are living outside of the city, um, mm. engaging in farm work Yes, and coming into the city to trade goods. Yeah, So they're not there all the time. They're not at the political uh, wellspring where the ideas are happening. They come in and out of the city as they need to. Um, And they're also out of the loop of power. Yes, So their absence
0: physically from the space means that they're also lacking knowledge in the space. Absolutely. So we got to a point last episode where there was a lot of drama going on in my account. Things are getting pretty crazy. So the Senate had claimed that there was a potential war looming with the old enemies, the Volskians and the Aquians. And they had tried to push the point when the Tribunes called them on it and said, don't think so. We just annihilated them, don't you remember? Uh, by holding a levy so that they could start getting you know, the Roman troops ready. And the tribunes intervened by bodily, well, being physically present, and every time the senators tried to arrest someone, you know, obviously for I guess trying to resist, you know, being made part of the army or whatever, they'd be like, push up, push up, release that man. Um, Similarly, when the tribunes try to get together and have a meeting so that a vote could be held, and they're talking about this law, obviously, the Senate seem to be making themselves physically present and being like, don't think so, which means that there's a real stalemate in my account.
1: Yeah, there's a huge stalemate. And it's interesting with this uh, issue of the Volskaya and the Aquians because for Dionysius it doesn't come up at all. And and this seems to be the key difference between our two historical accounts at Livvy this point. is
0: where it's at,
1: Dr. G. <laughs> is where it's at. <laughs> mm, they're approaching this conflict with slightly different narrative tools um, or maybe reading different annals uh,
0: to get their information. This is true, yeah. So in my account, what happens at, at this sort of stalemate point is that the tribunes, it seems to me that the tribunes are trying to get the patricians to leave somehow, like to leave the space so they can hold a vote or something like that. And the patricians don't want that to happen because obviously they don't want this vote to take place <laughs> um, which seems to have something to do with the law. It's, it's not really saying exactly what they're voting on at this point in time. Um, the law about the law. Now, <laughs> the older patricians are actually not super invested in this. Like they, they see... They see that it's obviously an issue but they're not really interested i think in getting involved in the physical melee um and i think it's because they see it as being beneath their dignity to be involved with such a rabble i don't want to dirty my toga with that kind of thing exactly and the consuls are trying to sort of stay out of it as well because again it just seems to be a bit of a mess and they're like nah this is not where consuls are meant to be and it's in this situation That the young patricians come to the fore once more. Oh yes, I know it's been a while since we talked about them, but those young patricians have got the Ferraris out of the garage, they've got their Ray-Bans on, and they're pumping the music as they make their way to the forum. Daddy paid for my car and everything is great. Exactly. In particular, one Caso Quinctius... Ooh, is going yes. to come to the fore of this, but I don't want to race ahead too much. <laughs> How are things going in Dionysius's world, Doctor G? Uh, Dionysius' as world is very
1: different from Livy's world in it some respects. Is. Mine is better, <laughs> <laughs> mostly because Dionysius is really interested in giving like rhetorical expositions on things.
0: Uh, uh, who is who gets the lucky
1: speech this time? <laughs> well, nobody actually, in in the sense that it's coming, it's credited to the sort of patricians as a class, uh. and the sort of questions they're are asking okay. about what the tribunes are up to because the tribunes are trying to be like let's have like greater public exposure of the law and let's nail down what the laws are mm. and let's have a vote on that and maybe we should lead that yeah and the patricians come out and they'll be like on what authority
0: yeah well as you know? i say although i don't agree with the situation <laughs> i think they're right <laughs> yeah
1: you don't have the power to introduce laws yeah You know, um, you receive this magistracy that you hold from us, the Senate, upon explicit terms. Mm. Um, You're to assist the poor. (laughs) The
0: poor. The poor.
1: (laughs) Who are injured and oppressed. (laughs) And you should meddle with nothing else. Mm. I think that's what they're kind of trying to do. (laughs) (laughs) And might we remind you that your role has no religious basis whatsoever
0: okay oh, yeah yeah why
1: there is no holy or sacred connection attached to your majesty which basically means you don't have any powers okay mm, yeah that's kind of the thing that they propose here um, so this is the stuff where the older patricians are like, you've got no legal or sacral basis to stand on to be a person proposing laws. Oh, I see what you mean. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah Cause yeah, a yeah, matter yeah. of is invested, not just with yes. a type of, um, sort of legal power, but it's also a kind of sacral power. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, gotcha. blended together. And they're kind of like, yeah, look, you've got a particular kind of protective power, for citizens who need it but aside from that you are nothing to us Oof. you are overstepping the mark Ooh. yeah that is very firmly <laughs>
0: putting them back in their box yeah, yeah yeah
1: and as we're heading into this young patricians out on the road on the streets Woo! Woo! yeah <laughs> my daddy owns that villa yeah. <laughs> oh. and i trashed it <laughs> yeah. and boy are the parties good yeah. um <laughs> this leads really nicely into um a, a relatively old article from um, one of my favorite historians, Lindt. but don't let the age put you off. Um, it's called The Traditions of Violence in the Annals. And it's mm. looking at the types of violence that we see coming through these annalistic historical accounts. I've definitely been having some violence coming through my account. Mm, <laughs> there is violence coming through my account. Yeah, um, And he talks about the way in which... Uh, The young patricians are often positioned in these narratives as, like, the strong arm of the patricians. Completely. That's all they ever are. Yeah. Yeah, And they get excited about getting involved in the violence. Yeah. So you've got, on the one hand, you've got the patricians... The elder patricians, who are mostly senators, mm. like, they've risen to that level, like, uh, through the political spectrum. Sure. And they're holding a position of wisdom. Yes. Um, so they say. So yeah. they say. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And authority. They have some sort of auctoritas perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there is a whole tradition there. So there are certain things that are outside of their scope or beneath their dignity.
0: Right. Um, so... The idea that they wouldn't want to get their togas dirty in the melee. Well, I mean, that's very much coming through my account. And I feel like it always is. But on the other hand, I also feel like it also makes sense for the younger males. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm making a massive generalization here. But generally, if someone's going to be hot-headed, it is going to be like a younger male. I mean, anyone who's young can be a bit hot-headed. but the men also have the physical strength you know they're at their prime and if we have a patriarchal society which is really upholding really
1: particular ideas of masculinity exactly like rome um <laughs> we're going to see like a really quintessential expression Completely, of that style yeah, yeah and that's kind of where this is heading with kaizo quintius oh, totally yeah
0: <laughs> i am I'm, I'm so into his narrative <laughs> So, who is this character? Okay, well, look, he reminds me of some people that we've come across before in the way that he's described. So, Kaiser has a lot of things going for him, Dr. G. Mm-hmm. Let me sum up his, uh, his profile for you. Please do. RSVP profile. Oh, I was going to say, is this Tinder? Or... <laughs> it could be anything because he's just up for anything. Oh, <laughs> hello. Except for plebeian rights, of course. Boo. So, he's not only noble, but he's apparently physically Quite an impressive specimen. Ooh, ooh. Exactly. He's super strong. He's very large. <laughs> <laughs> Do they define that any further? <laughs> not really. I mean, he's he's obviously very tall. I would say. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's very Kaiser tall. are the large. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> very tall. Very strong. He's distinguished himself militarily in the past. Knows how to use a sword, I hear. But he's not just a body. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. He also has the rhetorical fireworks. Ooh. His tongue knows its way around the forum.
1: <laughs> Please
0: enter my temple anytime you like. <laughs> um, so apparently nobody can outspeak him. I bet they can't. And if they could, and he, he cannot... makes sure they can't. After. He's just not giving ready-made speeches, one that he prepared earlier. No, no, no. He can speak... Off the cuff of his toga, if you know what I mean. Ooh, yeah. Now pulled one out of the <laughs> folds, as it were. If that doesn't get you hot under your stola, <laughs> then this will. He often would be responsible for using his physical strength to physically attack the tribunes. <laughs> oh,
1: great.
0: Yeah. I'm going to call that punching down. Well, I mean, okay, it, it's not. It's not always physical. He could. Dazzle them with his rhetoric, but he is also capable of physically getting the plebeians sort of out of the way single-handed It's like first weapon, charm, exactly. second weapon, violence Yeah, so people when they came across Kaiser's path, if they weren't on the same page as him, they could find themselves being, you know, quite worse for wear <laughs> So yeah, he's. I kind pretty... of hate him already. Yeah, <laughs> he's the kind of guy we're going to love to hate. So that's what I've got. Are there any other details that his profile is missing in Livy that Dionysius can? Uh... <laughs> oh yeah, so Dionysius says that uh, Kaizo
1: neither spared words hard for free men to listen to, nor refrained from deeds that matched his words. Mm. And I've put in my notes that these are code words for dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> um if you in
0: can, arrogant little pumps. <laughs> yes. If you're
1: not interested in mediating your own speech uh, when you're in the company of others, then perhaps you just don't know how to converse.
0: Yes. Um. <laughs> so the tribunes are all pretty intimidated by Queso for said reasons. All except Aulus Wiginius. Oh, all us were Yeah. Our favourite tribune of the plebs so far. Yes, I believe we met him last time. Mm-mm. So on my account, he summons Kaizo to be tried on a capital charge. Now, this obviously sounds very sinister and it is serious, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he will be put to death if found guilty. There are other punishments. So he could be exiled. It basically means that he would lose his status as a Roman citizen, which would be a pretty big deal for someone who seems to care as much about patrician cause as he does. (laughs) Yeah, well, life is getting tough.
1: Um, All right, so I have some similarities, although I think it's going to start to extend out because Dionysius has this... He loves the detail. Loves the detail and loves to give speeches into people's mouths even when we don't know what they really said. Yeah. Um, So... It's perhaps unsurprising that the plebeians hate Caeso
0: Quintius above all men. I never doubt a second. I think the only person that could possibly incite similar hatred would be someone from the Appian family. Oh well, just wait. <laughs> some Claudians will weigh in at some exactly. point. I'm oh, yeah, sure. Exactly.
1: Um, and so the tribunes determined to bring him to trial, um, and. This means that they bring out numerous witnesses, um, and they fixed a penalty of death to this trial as well. So the nature of the charges are um, pretty bad. Right, Um, they're going all serious. They have. They're like, there's some pretty serious charges. We've got lots of witnesses. The penalty will be death. You better turn up. Um, So
0: do they actually say what he's being tried for specifically? Is it that he's been, you know, assaulting people? Is it... Look, it gets revealed later in Dionysus's
1: narrative, okay. but he sets it up in a non specific way, first of all. Okay. So I'm just going to give you the way I think it that's for Dionysus. I think it's
0: similar for me, too, but I'm not, I can never, I could never quite connect whether the later thing is the same as this thing. But oh, yeah, I think it is, yeah. I know, I'm not sure. I think they might be two separate things, but okay. the, right.
1: let's see how we go because okay. maybe they, they do overlap. So he's summoned to appear before the populace. Um and uh, that's fine and of course he is a young patrician he is not at all scared if anything <laughs> he's more enraged by yeah. their and there's lots of lengthy speeches given against him and all the violence that he's committed so it seems to be mostly to do with a, an accumulation of violence against plebeians Yeah, and they're all presenting their stories as being uh, as
0: witnessing or being of suffering this violence well and I think in my account Viginius is also happy to let Kaizo sort of dig a deeper hole for himself basically because when he gets all what? aggro about being called up for this trial Virginius is like yeah no keep talking buddy because every word you say just makes the plebeians hate you more and it also allows us to you know build evidence against you
1: ah uh-huh. so no well this works out quite differently I think okay. um so Quintius does uh, have leave to speak at a certain point, And he basically just says that he refuses to speak. He's like, he's not going to speak. Mm. But actually, he's interested in having the right to give satisfaction to each person privately for the injuries of which they accuse him. If they come to a meeting with him and the consul's. Okay. He wants a consular hearing. And he wants to meet each of these people one by one. I feel like that's totally an intimidation strategy. <laughs> yeah, so he's trying to take it out of the public arena yeah. and into like a private hearing.
0: That is interesting because and see, a patrician
1: Libby, setting, not a tr- Tribune of the Pleb setting.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Livy is building up this idea that whilst Kaiser is obviously <laughs> amazing and you know, super patrician, Livy suggests that he is also copying the blame for a lot for a lot of things that have been said or done by the young patricians as a group. Yeah,
1: because yeah. he represents the top of that exactly young yeah. patrician gang. He's like the uh, ringleader, as it were. It seems that way. Yeah, and this is where his father steps in. Yes. So, okay. All right. Uh, Lucius Quintius uh, Cincinnatus, a name. That you will also want to remember,
0: listeners. I was going to say...
1: This guy's going to be... Cu- name, yeah, yeah, this guy. Yeah, flags. Um, Cincinnatus just means curly-haired. Okay. So, you know... So it's no- and, and given the it's pl- not a special name. It's just a, it's just a description.
0: And given the placement in his name, it, I, I presumed it wasn't a family connection. It's just, a, as you say, a descriptive... Yeah, okay. yeah. He's
1: known as Cincinnati's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. the curly-haired one. Um, and he notices that... Uh, Uh, that regardless of what his son Kaiser is saying to the crowd right now, it's really just riling them up more. Um, So he tries to help out. Um, And so he's like, look, my son, he's, he's young. He's a bit reckless,
0: you know? (laughs) And everyone's like, duh. Yeah. Like he's (laughs)
1: been involved in a few things, maybe some like little struggles and fights, you know, nothing premeditated, you know, he's, he's a hothead he's a young guy Mm. and then he's like but please please try to reserve your judgment because you know I've offered my services wholeheartedly to the Republic for as long as I can remember Mm. I've helped out in wars I've I've been an exemplary Roman citizen and he's like this should count for something if we're thinking about my son Mm.
0: you know the family the family Um, See, this is kind of a bit different to my account because, so in my account, the, you know, the trial is up for grabs, Kaiser's being a douche about it, blah, 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 you know. The plebeians are urging the tribunes, look, you've got to get this law about the law. (laughs) (laughs) We need this law about the law. Yeah, you've got to get this law passed. um, And they're getting obviously even angrier with the way that Kaiser and the young tribunes are carrying on. By which I seem to, I think that they're getting physically hurt sometimes. Like I think that this is bad, Um, and so it gets to a point where, when the trial is going ahead, most people believe that in order to assure their true freedom and liberty, the Kaizo needs to be convicted. Like he has to be found guilty, and for this reason. Kaizo, even though he's obviously disdaining the idea that he would be put on trial like this, he needs to get the support of very elite people. So his father does come into the camp, but he comes in last. There's all these other people that are listed as being supporters uh, who are all people that we've talked about before. So for example, Titus Quintius Capitolinus. Now, obviously there's a family connection there. They've both got that Quinctius name. Um, and But this guy is, is quite a distinguished history himself he's been a consul before and he he rattles off you know all the honors that he and his family have enjoyed in the past think of the quintius family exactly yeah you know um and this is this is a guy who personally has done well like fighting against the volskians he's been part of the struggle of the orders you know he's been a part of this thing and then this is why i had to mention it dr g you will never guess who is the second person that speaks on his behalf is it a furious it's not only a furious it's
1: spurious furious <laughs> damn you spurious furious i yes. liked you don't defend this guy
0: yep. spurious furious comes forward he's obviously an ex-consul as well um he had fought against vey and that sort of stuff i'm so disappointed I had more faith in the furia well he's he this is the guy that we talked about before listeners. says he fought against vey he also lost his brother in a very dramatic fashion against the aquians he comes forward and he also pledges that this guy is an awesome guy. Then Tricky Lucretius, the consul from the previous year, he also comes forward and attests to this guy's character. And interestingly, he apparently pointed out that, look, the kinds of qualities that define, you know, a young man, you know, whilst they're exciting and dangerous and that kind of stuff, let's face it, is not getting any younger. <laughs> And so those sorts of qualities, which you might find objectionable, are starting to fade. And his maturity is improving because, of course, he's getting older and getting more experience. So we should all, you know, keep that in mind.
1: I'm sorry, but this is beginning to sound like one of those rich person trials where the young boy has done something heinous. And then his father comes
0: out and means like, but he's on the swim team. It is completely like that it is completely like that i'm so angry right now it's the establishment defending the establishment like it's completely like that how dare you it's at this point that his father comes along and he doesn't he actually apparently his strategy is not to say you know my son is so amazing but he basically says you know please keep in mind that i personally have never done anything wrong to the state as a favor to me who is blameless please spare my son Now in my account, obviously some people are like "Ah, okay old man, but quite a lot of people seem to have sort of like turned away, like not wanting to hear whether they think that like this kind of approach is somehow embarrassing or whether they're afraid or what's going on. Libby's not really sure, but definitely not everybody is convinced by his father's pleas for clemency.
1: Yeah, this seems to be a problem because this sort of plea for clemency is based on family traditions and the idea that you might be able to anticipate how a young man will turn out based on his father and his other relatives. Yeah. Um, But it also kind of feels like when you're the nice guy but your son is a dud. Yes,
0: and this is where... <laughs> and, and you're uh, like, I've got to try and defend my son even though I know he's a bit of a dud. Yeah, completely. And this is where I think the most interesting young patrician story comes out. So a former tribune called Marcus Volscius Victor comes out and starts um, starts getting people to talk about previous things that have gone wrong with Kaizo. And he starts off with personal experience. Okay, so it seems that during the pestilence, he had a brother who was ill. And whilst his brother was being transported out and about, he wasn't obviously he was obviously on the mend but not 100% because you know pestilence. <laughs> um, yeah whilst he's out and about, Kaiser Quinctius and a bunch of other young patricians are obviously out and about in the same area having a night on the town. And it sounds like it must have been pretty riotous. It sounds to me like they're actually slumming it. Because Livy tells me that they were hanging out in the Sabura. Oh, hello! Yeah, now the Sabura is an ancient part of the city um, but it is known for being a place where dodgy stuff happens. It's where you find your prostitutes, your taverns, Crime and grime. Exactly. I mean, like definitely businesses, legit businesses. But also illegit businesses. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So these young men are out here. It sounds to me like they're drunk. I think so. Livy doesn't tell me this, but it sounds like it. And so they're showing off. They're being arrogant little prats, basically. And somehow a brawl breaks out. Being too loud, taking up too much space Probably.
1: in public. Yeah, exactly. Being douchebag. And it's like, and maybe you dress down, but everybody can still tell that your toga costs more than their whole house. Exactly, yeah.
0: So a brawl breaks out because these guys are being such a pain in the butt. In this brawl, Kaiser apparently punched the recovering brother. Of this trip, of this former tribute. And whilst he's not killed on the spot, it's pretty clear when he dies a few days later that that blow is what caused the thing. I mean, it's a one-punch. It's a one-punch case, which has been very famous in Australia. Yeah, well, Dr. G and I have been growing up, guys, so that's why I was excited uh, to see this story. Yeah, the
1: one-punch story has led to the whole breakdown of the Sydney Light Knife that, you know, continues to this very day. Sydney is a town that has no nightlife. I'm sorry. Don't visit us.
0: Uh. Ooh, okay. <laughs> that, that went way further. <laughs> I'm sad. Anyway. I'm very sad. Yeah. Anyway, so I was like, whoa, it's a one punch case. That's pretty crazy. But anyway, as this former Tribune is recounting this story, I mean, Kaiser is almost lynched. Like people are so furious about this idea of like these young patricians on the town and hurting someone who's recovering from the pestilence which obviously is not that long ago according to this timeline um yeah it's i'm almost furious furious at this point (laughs) they really are and so i think almost as much for his safety as anything Reginius orders for him to be thrown in prison now of course the patricians are not on board for this at all okay and so they start resisting force with force oh okay it, does this tell you with where things go with your oh
1: oof, no i mean this narrative i mean there are some parallels but there's also some uh some particular divergences which are worth noting okay um so we have um first of all before we even get to that um dionysius of Halicarnassus gives Aulus virginius a whole speech oh, of course yeah um <laughs> and this is talking about uh, oh a whole bunch of things but like you know just how bad is this Kaizo character pretty bad let's find out so he's basically introducing the second speaker who is this Marcus Volscius Victor character yes Tribune of the Plebs um, so according to Dionysius account this Victor character is a Tribune the same year right um, so it's a colleague so he gets up everybody's full of expectation He's like, I'll tell you what I know about this, this young man over here. Yes, yes. And everyone's like, oh, here we go. Oh. <laughs> and he's like, you know, I would have preferred to receive this man's private satisfaction, such as the laws afford me. But since we're here, let me tell you what I have suffered. How cruel and irreparable... My dealings with this young man have been.
0: Mm.
1: I had a brother, Lucius, whom I loved above all men. (laughs) Above all men. Uh, And then he goes on this and they're talking about how they went out, they had dinner, they were drinking with friends, they were having a night, and it was fine. And then they were passing through the forum.
0: Oh, the forum. Yeah.
1: So there's no indication here that Lucius had been ill um, or had been caught up in the pestilence. Okay. it's just the two brothers were out having a good night. And as they're going through the forum on the way home, um, it turns out is there. Um, and he's out with his friends.
0: And in, and I gotta like, say, a forum, the forum is not a place I would imagine people hanging out during the night. Yeah. But I feel like it's more of a day place.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, people must be passing through it to get to wherever sure. they yeah, go. yeah, yeah. And... I just mean, like, for him to be there with his mates, I'm yeah, like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just hanging out at the forum, because that's what we do when we're patricians. Exactly. We're all about the business. <laughs> <laughs> Nighttime business. <laughs> you guys don't belong here, plebeian tribune. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so they're doing that. Um, and first, it starts off with, like, Kaizo and his mates are, like, laughing at and teasing the tribune and his brother. Okay. Uh, but, you know, he's not a tribune yet. He's just a dude. Yeah. Um, and then it sort of descends into abuse. He notes that Kaizo and his friends are drunk. Um, Cool,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, I suspect it. It's pretty obvious, yeah. Yeah.
1: And not only are they arrogant, but they're in the habit of being rude and cruel to humble and poorer people. Right. Um, So they're kind of like the worst kind of patricians. Yeah, Um, definitely. Because they think they're somehow special and deserve their position in society. And uh, Lucius speaks out and talks back. Gives him some back chat.
0: Ah, and this is why he's the one that ends up getting targeted.
1: Yeah, and Kaizo's not having that. So he runs up to him, beats him, kicks him, and... Whoa. Yeah, and his friends get involved, and they kill him.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, they just keep laying into him till he's dead. Yeah, mine's a more gradual.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, this is uh, a thing. And so... Marcus uh, Victor is like, look, I'm crying and I'm trying to trying to help my brother, but you know, it's pretty clear that they've murdered him and I haven't been able to stop it. And I'm yeah. right there, um, and then they start beating me as well. So I play dead.
0: Clever.
1: Yeah. Um, he's like, I, I like and they assume I'm dead, um, and they leave and they're having a joke as they go, and I can hear them, and and it's only like when some other people come along Mm. and help him out because he's almost dead because he's been beaten to an inch of his life and he's, they pick up the body of his brother who is actually dead. That's pretty clear now. Um, and all of this, he's like, this is all happening in the year of the pestilence. That's when it happened. So the, ah, the
0: okay. He's like he like yeah. this wasn't
1: that long ago, guys. My brother just got beaten by this guy in the forum to yeah. The death.
0: Yeah, yeah. And this
1: whole thing is happening in the forum, um, this meeting, yeah. and these speeches. That's so this is bad. all pretty yeah. uh, lining up in a sort of horribly poetic way. Anyway, um, Dionysius makes it really clear for us as the reader that this is part of a setup. Okay. From the tribunes, right, to try and get Kaizo out of the way, and the whole story from as in, Victor is a fabrication. They want him to be
0: found guilty, or is it they want him to be that the story's not true? Right. No, no, I never like. Do they want him to be found guilty, or they want him to be like lynched? Like, what are they? The story's not true, but like, so it's yeah. part of their
1: broader aim, I think, um, to try and get enough sway with the
0: patricians to be able to get the things that they want passed gotcha. so yeah, this okay. is part
1: of a bigger gambit that's
0: interesting see i feel like it is in keeping with what we know of kaizo to be involved in this kind of thing but maybe more in livy's way than your way no offense <laughs> oh no that's fine i'm not sure where i dionysius is clearly
1: setting up a really particular narrative and part of me is like, is this story about Kaizo also a way of trying to set up an introductory story that allows Cincinnati to be positioned as a particularly honourable figure mm. prior to him actually doing much in the political sphere? Because listeners, Cincinnatus
0: will become important later. Um, yeah, see, I, I have to admit, at this point, I actually kind of feel like the detail of his case becomes about something other than himself, just temporarily on Livy's account, because so they're they're talking about do they throw him in prison, do they not, because the patricians are not keen for this to happen, the patricians are pointing out that um, that's not right because Kaiser hasn't actually been found guilty of anything because it's not actually his trial yet. Um, And so there's a big debate about, okay, so what are they going to do? And they end up having this sort of compromise between what the tribunes and the patricians want. And the compromise, I think, is the first case of bail that we've talked about, which is that money is pledged um, and that it will pay to the people if Kaiser doesn't show up on the day of his trial. And the Senate decided on quite a high sum, it would seem. Um, and so Kaiser was released. But he instantly goes into like self imposed exile in the Etruscan territory, which means that the bail is forfeit. Now, his father is the one that ends up having to pay this astronomical sum. And in order to pay it, he has to sell everything he owns and move to the other side of the Tiber, which is, you know, because Rome's still quite small at this point. The less time. defended side. Yeah, and, and then, yeah, the, the less crash hot side. So it's not great. So, yeah, I kind of feel like the focus you're right obviously it's setting up certain characters but I also feel like the focus is kind of about this detail about you know yeah yeah. and and I think this detail is is really quite interesting
1: so and it comes up in Dionysius as well so there's a nice match up here in the sense that Yes, there's this really um, strong call for vengeance um, and for doing away with this Kaiser character. And then they're like, maybe we'll put him in jail until the trial just to protect him. Yes. And then they're like, oh, maybe what if we do this thing called bail? Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Do they invent the word? I don't know. No, Uh, (laughs) they don't actually use that word. But when I look at it, I'm like, well, that's what this is. yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And so they do that. And then the next day, it's time to do the trial. And Kaiser just doesn't appear. Of course. Yeah. Um and it's not made clear in Dionysius' narrative that he's gone into self imposed exile, or right.
0: we don't know why he's gone. Okay, um, Yeah. And so he makes him look bad, man, leaving his dad. <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So in this narrative, he basically just doesn't appear for his trial, no explanation given. Mm. Um no narrative provided around that by Dionysius it just moves straight on to the fact that in order to deal with this uh because it only becomes clear later that he's gone into an exile right um that his father sells the biggest part of his estate moves into a little cottage and you know starts to live this very Um, humble lifestyle
0: in comparison to his former lifestyle. lifestyle. Of which he may or may not become famous in the future. Yes. Wink wink. Mm. (laughs) The suspense is building. (laughs) Okay well is that a good point to finish with Kaizo riding off into the sunset? I think so. I mean there's a little bit more that could be said about him but I feel like it's going to be part of this ongoing saga We haven't heard the last of these characters yet. (laughs) All right, well, let's pause there. And that means, Dr. G, that it is once more time for me to let Igor out of his cage because it's time for the partial pick. (coughs) All right, the partial pick. Woo! Yeah, so the partial pick, we uh, have a potential 50 golden eagles that we can award to Rome for various things. What is our first category with a total of 10 up for offer, Dr. G? Mm,
1: We can award 10 Golden Eagles for military clout.
0: Okay. Well, I don't really feel like there's anything happening. (laughs) (laughs) Again. That's a big fan zero. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So nothing. What's our next category? Diplomacy. Oh, God. Uh, Oh, my God. My head hurts just thinking about this. The
1: internal politics is definitely operational, but is anybody making any headway?
0: not really I, I mean, mean they, they do compromise about what to do with Kaizo like whether to put him <laughs> the bail thing is interesting this is true but yeah I don't feel like I mean on the key issues we're getting nowhere we are, we but are. this is meant to be about a law being passed about law <laughs> and nothing is happening Um. so yeah I feel like maybe one one yeah one <laughs> That's harsh <laughs> Expansion Nope <laughs> uh, Well, I'm none of that There's no new territory Wirtus Okay, alright I feel like Kaiser is showing some wirtus Oh, look, he's being really patrician Yeah, very terribly much
1: Terribly patrician Yeah um, He seems to uphold in the grand tradition of the Claudii That really sort of arrogant yeah, patrician absolutely uh, aspect And on the counterbalance, his father, Cincinnati, seems to be offering a more softer version of Absolutely. the same ideals. Like, there's, there's
0: something to be said for humility. Yes. Yeah. So, ooh, I guess like a like a five or is that too, too little? Too much. I feel like it's maybe too much. Okay. Maybe four. Like a four? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Four. For- <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. And last, but certainly
0: not least... The citizen Score. I'm a little bit torn about this one because on one hand, Kaiser and his mates seem to be beating a lot of people. But on the other hand, the plebeians are standing firm against this kind of behaviour. They are backing the tribunes. I mean, we've talked about this before. Sometimes when the tribunes stand up for plebeian rights, it's disappointing that the plebeians don't really back them all away. But I feel like they are in this episode. And I feel like they are... I don't know, like kind of asserting themselves a bit more. Which which is good. They so. certainly want some justice with this Kaiso issue. Yeah. Um, so. Whether they're making any movement on the on the law about there wars. is no movement on that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's definitely still stuck in the works. So, um,
1: but maybe. has anybody gone on any terrible military exploits and died this time around? Well, no. That's what I mean. I feel that's like pretty they. Exciting.
0: I feel like I would feel quite positive about my prospects if I were <laughs> a Caribbean at this point. in time I'm alive. Yeah. So, like, is that like a four? Yeah. Sure. All right. Well, it's not great. In fact, it's worse than last time. <laughs> All right. Oh, right. Can't catch a break. Yeah. Okay. So it's a nine in total. Nine <laughs> 50. golden eagles out of 50. Wow. I'm actually, I'm actually starting to think about we maybe need to add another category but well, yeah, we'll have to think about that. Because the Romans just are doing terribly. But then maybe they're meant to be at this point in time. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, it's tough
1: times. It's going to be tough for a while. This is a tough century. It is. It's not great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's great to listen to. Right, Dr. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I'm certainly having fun. I don't know about anybody else. <laughs> well... There's definitely some exciting stuff coming up. So we hope that you join us next time to find out what the legacy of this young, hot, stead of a patrician is going to be. We'll catch you then.